Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Here's this morning's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder as broadcast on CRN Digital Talk Radio. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Digital Talk Radio, Chuck Wilder here, swayed at the network. Uh, and we are live across America and around the world at CRNTalk.com. Want to go to the one and only Mr. Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O, host of the Underground USA podcast, heard everywhere that podcasts are heard. He is the author of six monographs examining political and ideological threats facing our country. And he can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated nationally on the Salem and Genesis Communication Affiliate Station. By the way, his website is Underground. USA.com. Frank, Frank, how are you? Mr. Wilder. Mr. Wilder, yes. And I'm just glad that I'm not mentioned in the first paragraph of this new one. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's a sucker born every minute. Now, what in the world could all of this be about, huh? Famous quote, right? Well, it's not about uh, the Cardiff giant uh, that P.T. Barnum foisted on the American people, and it's not about anything from Ripley's Believe It or Not. Hmm. It's about the fact that the political class in this country has duped the people into believing that politics is actually government. The two are dramatically different. Politics is the act of running for office and the persuading of people to see your point of view, and government is exercising and executing the service to the people. So today when we see people like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy all getting on television to try to manipulate you into, into seeing their way, seeing their point about a bill that's before the legislature, that's all politics. Yep. That's not government. And, and we need to start making the division between the two, because as you saw over the weekend, politics prevailed in Washington, D.C., over good government by a long shot. Yeah, all 50 senators, you know, that's unbelievable. So it was we, tied, we had, so then you got uh, 
Kamalia, which she, you know, the lady, she may be laughing right now, may not stop for five hours because she thinks, that, boy, I, <laughs> she's just passed it by herself. She's the one that made it go. She, yep, because they, yeah, boy. And, 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 that's the, and that's disturbing all of the animals at the zoo. Oh, yeah, <laughs> even the hyenas. Yeah. They're used to it. <laughs> yeah, this, this 50-50 breakdown, we knew it was going to happen at some point that they were going to jam through something that the American people just don't want based on that one vote they have with Kamala Harris on an, on an ideological grounds. And they did that here. Make no mistake, and economists have been screaming this for the last three weeks, and some Republicans actually got in front of microphones and started complaining about this shortly after. The Inflation Reduction Act does hmm. nothing to reduce inflation and, in fact, is a tax hike on everyone across the board. Yeah. In fact, we're going we're gonna to get into that. It is uh, – I'm kind of saving that point because that is something that a lot of people, it, it's overlooked. And you're talking about when somebody gets taxed like a business, what mm-hmm. do you think they do? Huh? Do they say, oh, gosh, we got to pay more money? No. you got to pay more money. They're not going to, you know, have the burden. But there's a sucker born every minute, so here we Oh, that'd be a good title for something, wouldn't it? Yes. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you say, you know, when politics is government, the only people and the only factions being served are the politicians, the, elect, mm-hmm. uh, the elected class, and, of course, their crony benefactors. You know, and you and I have been talking about these benefactors. It is amazing. You know, that that's, seems to be their only... Achievement, you know, benefactors. They need the benefactors to be able to run for office. That's who fills their campaign yeah, yeah. coffers. They they need them. That's the that's the the fuel for the political machine. You have to have them. Even good politicians who put their politics aside to execute government need to kneel at the altar of gathering benefactors. I'm not saying that we can expunge that. It's just uh, the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing is that devotion to the benefactor fully bleeding over into the act of government, where someone who's elected by the people with the money from the benefactors actually does the will of the benefactors rather than serve the people. And that's become commonplace in Washington, D.C. We don't have good government. We have a bureaucratic apparatus that keeps the machine going. And we have politicians who keep sucking money in from, in, in one case, the tax revenue they extract from the American people, and then their benefactors to keep running. We work, I don't know, I think it's like three and a half months out of the year in, in order to fund, maybe even four now, I have to look at that again, to fund the federal government out of what we make. And then we see these carve-outs. Like, like I'm sure we're going to get into in the next segment, these carve-outs for special interest groups that give them tax breaks and tax dollars to fund preferred projects from the people who actually got these people elected. It enriches both the elected class and the special interest group off of our backs. And that's what I mean by politics over government. If we were just executing good government, judicial system would be equal for all. There, there wouldn't be a two-tiered system where the elite get off and, and the poor do not. There wouldn't be unequal taxation, which, by the way, 
before the amendment that created the income tax would have been unconstitutional. The Constitution in its original form said that you can't tax people differently. It's got to be equal across the board. Mm-hmm. When, when, when they created the income tax they, with that amendment during the Wilson administration, I might add, they completely blew that idea out of the water. And that's why we can give carve-outs to people and tax breaks to this group and, and tax differently and at different rates instead of saying everybody gets taxed equally by a percentage. Yeah. You know, simple mathematics, sort of like if, you know, and you talk about businesses, you know, they're going to they're gonna have to pay the taxes and then they're going to raise the money, you know, for whatever <laughs> they're pushing. It's kind of like if you have a Kool-Aid stand, right? And you're charging 25 cents, and all of a sudden a Kool-Aid, a package of Kool-Aid costs 50 cents. You know, you're not going to sit there, you know, and just give it away free. No. And the other thing is uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, but we can get into a little later, is the fact that uh, somehow in this inflammation, uh, uh, inflation, I got it, it it inflames me to talk about it. See, I want to say inflame. (laughs) Uh, The Inflamed Reduction Act, yes. Uh, somehow they managed to figure out a way to get the IRS involved. Isn't that amazing? A little add-on to the bill, right? That money, they've got a giant billions of dollars, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, slated to hire 87,000 more IRS personnel. (laughs) And the overwhelming number of that personnel is going to be for audits. Not to relieve the backlog of things that the IRS is backed up on, there are, and there are still some people waiting for tax returns from over a year ago, mm-hmm. for tax refunds from over a year ago. There's correspondence that has just gone unanswered. And if you try to call them, try to get through to somebody. Yeah. It's not about fixing the apparatus so that it runs more efficiently. They're adding people to make sure that they can extract the money from you that they say you owe. There you go. It sounds good there, right? Which reminds me, what are those eight... Worst words you never want to hear? <laughs> I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Yes. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. You know, they're going to go, uh, excuse me, uh, did you borrow the neighbor's trash can because you had some extra grass that you, yes, yes. You know, you're, you're, you're being charged for only three trash cans, but you had four last Wednesday. What? What do you, what do you, the IRS, we know, because that There's gentleman... Some- yeah, <laughs> gave you there, his there, trash can. You didn't pay for it, and yes, and we had to pick up five instead of four. Go ahead. There is never a time when government intervenes in our daily life where they actually make our life better. Yeah. And at one point, they will be giving to somebody, so they'll say, "Well, this is great. I've got free health care. Nothing is free." <laughs> the rest of the rest of the taxpayers are picking up that tab. It's, it's like the, the student loan forgiveness. There's no forgiveness. These people who got useless degrees are forcing other taxpayers to pick up their bill. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to have that with a car or a house. Why don't, why don't we have mortgage forgiveness and someone can buy me my house? There you go. <laughs> you know, it's you interesting. Know. <laughs> like uh, they could open up a new beach in California, right? Just a new area. Said, oh, isn't this great? And then when you get down there, they have a sign that says, watch for sharks. But unfortunately, you know, it, it's pointed towards the ocean instead of Sacramento, see, that way in every state. Well, it's, it would be more, it would be more, more appropriate yeah. if it was pointed. 
allowing the Sharks to read that they've got competition in Sacramento. <laughs> I like it. There you go. Go ahead. I'm you know, sorry. I, this, yeah. this, another way to look at that is to say we were opening a new beach in Southern California. It's going to be beautiful and huge with all the amenities that you want. Oh, but by the way, we're condemning these 20 homes because yeah. we deem that these people don't need those homes. We've just decided that for them. They don't need them. You need the beach more. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. government. That's what government does, and that's from a political angle. They're trying to give more people something for nothing off the backs of the few to glean votes, to glean favor with with a bigger number of people, with a larger number of people, off the backs of the few. So if they screw these people over here, but a bigger number of people are pleased over here, they can get reelected. And that's politics over government. If they were executing government, it would be equal for all, not just the larger number. And that's what the republic was founded on. The rights of the minority had to be protected. Today, the politicians don't protect the rights of the minority. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been carving out what in this Inflation Reduction Act for, for the special interest groups that people are saying overwhelmingly at the marketplace, we don't want it. Yeah, and the Reduction Inflation Act actually increases inflation. What is it, 0.1%? I think you mentioned it in here. I think it was 0.1 all the way to 1%. Over over the next years, it's going to fluctuate between reducing by 0.1% to increasing it by 0.1%. So where is the great benefit to the American people on this? And I'll tell you one other... it, it increases the Obamacare subsidies for families that earn over three hundred thousand dollars a year. This <laughs> yeah. is not about giving. It's not not about giving yeah. insurance to people who can't afford it. This is now just giving giving money away to people who can actually afford their insurance. Yeah, and the bottom line, and we're going to get into it like you wouldn't believe, is uh, it's not for you; it's for them. You know, it's uh, they've kind of changed it now. We'll get into term limits, too. That'll kind of bring you up to date on that, you know. Term limits. Uh, They're out of control. Out of control. And this inflation, I mean, the cost of it is unbelievable. But you know who's going to benefit and what they've also thrown in? Global warming. Yes, okay. The Chinese are going to get so rich on all those batteries that have to be made in China and all those special sales for your car. Congratulations. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to continue with the one and only Frank Savato, undergroundusa.com. Be right back. He calls democracy messy, props up the Chinese Communist Party, praises Xi and his regime, known for violent oppression, invests in Chinese military companies. A defector? No. It's BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, the CEO of a major American company who's gone all in on China. Can he be more anti-American? Larry Fink, BlackRock, taking your money, betting on China. Message paid for by Consumers Research, an independent educational 501c3 nonprofit organization. Log on to www.consumerresearch.org to learn more. Everybody's talking at me. 
Chuck Wilder, CRN, my guest Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast and also the Captain's America Third Watch syndicated nationally, I tell you, on Salem Genesis Communication. Uh, you know, you say here legislation that is produced by either Chamber of the Commerce or Congress is centered on how it will advance the agenda of one party or the other. It is not the well-being of the party that is the center stage. It's the political longevity of the elected official. Official Longevity that is cut dramatically short unless, here it is, those elected put the well-being of the party and the party's agenda first. And boy, when you got Schumer and Pelosi leading the agenda and then you got some uh, rhinos, what can you do? What can you do? Term limits. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm not letting the Republicans off the hook on this. They play the no. game just as hard as the Democrats do, and we see that every time people who tend to be conservative, when when we've been out of power in Washington, and and we suddenly get back in, we go, well, we breathe a big sigh of relief. We're back in now. We can fix all the things that these radical liberals did, and they say they'll do it, and all of a sudden it just it seems like we just don't have enough of a majority to get anything done. Hey, let me tell done. you, Frank, a, a perfect example of that is the education system right now. It seems like, you know, the Republicans are just sitting on their rear ends. I haven't heard any great, you know, okay, we're going to stop this woke system and get back the ABCs and one, two, three. Uh, everybody's just uh, taking whatever they're getting because they're in office, right? Well, you have to bring home, you have to bring home the bacon. Otherwise, yeah. people are going to mm. say, "What did you do?" And that's why we get a lot of pork stuffed in, and a lot of very popular things. And the hard decisions, the hard stances, fall by the wayside because they they need to appeal to a broader spectrum of people in order to win fifty one percent in order to go back. So, yeah, well, me, education, yeah. even though education should be left to the states and even better the individual school districts yeah the federal government could be putting things in the place that says you can't do this not that we want to steer your direction this way but we're not going to manipulate our children anymore we heard a lot of big talk about it when it was in the headlines when crt was in the headlines Everybody was saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Yep, yep. And I'm going to propose a bill and every, we're going to stop this. Well, then all of a sudden it was inflation. Well, they had to change and talk about inflation. Hmm. And then it was COVID coming back for the 17th time. Oh, we got to go talk about COVID. So the hard decisions fall by the wayside so that the popularism of politics wins the day. That, makes, that puts government on the back burner. Good government, anyway. And, and that's why it usually falls to the bureaucracy. The, the bureaucracy that's in place with the, with the appointees, and sometimes they're career-long appointees, that's where the mechanism of government actually lives. That's, that's, that's why when, we call, when they say, well, we're closing down government. We're, we can't fund government. Government is shut down, put yeah. up the barricades <laughs> around the memorials. You can't go to see the museums or the parks. The checks still roll out, and the government keeps going, and every, everything keeps continuing. That's because the bureaucracy doesn't stop. You know, and it, it's, it's, it's like all the people, you know, that hate being locked up because of COVID, and then you find out all the hanky-panky's going on. 
But see, the government has got all these smart. See, tell me if I'm wrong. All these manufacturers of these drugs are the big contributors keeping these Congress critters going. You know, that's part of the whole thing. So all of a sudden, boy, isn't it wonderful we have COVID and dear, I'm going to buy another convertible. Oh, yes. And another house. To a great extent. And if you read, there's a a fantastic substack out there that I, I, Mm -hmm. besides signing up for Underground USA substack, which I urge you to do, um, Dr. Robert Malone, who was the creator of, of the vaccine technology that was used, who says, don't use it, by the way. That it's that it's dangerous to use uh-huh. because he developed it for something else, not this. Um, sign up for his Substack because if you want to see how entrenched Big Pharma is in the wallets of our politicians, he exposes it bare. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, Dr. These, Malone, these are, right? Dr. Robert Malone, correct? Right. They the, the money, right. the the money that goes to big from Big Pharma to politicians is sickening. All right, there's our award-winning music. We're going to be back with more from Frank Sabato and the juicy part. We haven't got into uh, whatchamacallit yet there, you know, the uh, term limits. We may, may put it in at the end because we talk about it a lot, and there's so much good stuff here. So don't go away. UndergroundUSA.com. Did you know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Chuck Wilder here with Frank Savato, host of Underground USA podcast, and it's undergroundusa.com. Uh, talking about climate agenda, you say this measure raises taxes on every tax demographic. And weren't they saying that they weren't going to increase uh, tax for households making under 400000 a year? So all of a sudden, sorry, uh, we lied to you, right? Yeah. And the bill does not lower inflation. It hurts economic growth, he says. And then let's get into the money here and how much money is being (laughs) spent on this beautiful bill. And, you know, Frank, when I look at your list here of what it goes for and the billions of dollars, you know, you also have to take in the fact that, look, we've been pouring billions of dollars every third week, I think it is, into, uh, you know, the Ukraine, right? I want to okay, circle good. back real quick to what you were talking about with, uh, with the increase in taxes, because you can't let, you cannot let the Biden administration and Democrats off the hook for blatantly and obviously breaking their campaign promise. Again, this goes back to politics, saying something to get elected, and then when you get in power, just doing something exactly the opposite. He was adamant adamant during his campaign that there would be no tax increase during a Biden administration for any household that made less than $400,000 a year. Right. This measure that they just passed and which he will sign into law when it comes to his desk raises taxes across the board because corporations don't pay taxes. They don't. They pass the cost on 
to the consumer through the cost of what they produce. And it doesn't matter what they produce. It can be a widget. It can be electricity. They pass it on to the consumer. So that is an ipso facto tax hike that they knew was going to cost consumers more, and consumers equal voters. Matter of fact, the Tax Foundation, and that's a nonprofit fiscal watchdog group that watches these things, uh-huh. says, and I quote, that the passage of this act will reduce long-run economic output by about 0.1% and eliminate about 30,000 full-time equivalent jobs in the United States and reduce after-tax incomes for taxpayers across every income quantile over the long run. That means you've got less money to spend, less money gets put into the economic cycle, the economy suffers because of this, and our malaise continues. So this act did nothing to help the average American person. Now, getting back to what you what you were talking about yeah. with, uh, with, with billions. The billions for the carve-outs. And let me ask you real this, quick. This is only for global warming, right? This is this, this list. This is, ba- this is basically Green New Deal light. Yeah, there you go. As, as a matter of fact, when you go to Congress.gov to read the name of the bill that's being represented to the House, that passed the House, uh-huh. it was the Build Back Better Act. <laughs> they, that's the, the official name of what was presented in the House. It was amended by the, Sen- by the Senate, but this is, all, this is all back into the New Green Deal garbage. Yeah. And this, the overwhelming amount of money in this bill went to Green New Deal stuff. $385 billion. $385 billion. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot because we've been <laughs> dealing with trillions for the yeah. past two years. But, but that's almost a half a trillion dollars. You know, so let's go, let's go down it, down the list. $40 billion for clean manufacturing tax credits. That's a payback to, crony, to their crony benefactors. $30 billion for clean electricity grants and loans. Another give back to their crony benefactors. $30 billion for clean energy technology accelerator. Accelerators. Yeah, they sort of push it a little bit harder. $30 billion for clean agricultural funding. $20 billion for clean vehicle manufacturing. That means electric vehicles that people can't afford and don't want to buy because it costs mm-hmm. more to run them than it does a regular vehicle. And here's the big one. $235 billion for other energy and climate tax credits and spending. Didn't even bother, to, didn't even bother to enumerate them. That O word, yeah, that O word, other, really gets to you, doesn't it? <laughs> $235 billion. Oh. Hey, so real quick, I wanted, I wanted to tell you, you know that Build Back Better? You know, that actually came out of the United Nations, was where it was first uh, made up. And they were talking about global warming, and they've got to convince people, build back better, build back better, that'll be our slogan. And I, of course, have always called it build back bankrupt. And I think I have been proven right. Oh, yeah. This, that, not only was it through the United Nations, but its genesis was at the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they pushed it to the U.N., and Biden, being the plagiarist that he is, and remember, he had to drop out of a couple presidential elections because he plagiarized speeches. Yeah, the, really. the pla- You know, <laughs> being the plagiarist that he is, he just decided to take that and run with it as if it was his campaign, his campaign slogan. This, this guy's corrupt down to not even being able to make up his own propaganda. Yeah. 
Well, I'm going to tell you something, listener. Mr. Savato has come up with three additional moves that must be immediately forced upon the federal government if our republic is going to survive. And I want to make sure you get these in, these three. Well, the very first one, and this is important, is term limits. Right. We've got people like Chuck Schumer and, and Nancy Pelosi and their, their minions, Patrick Leahy's been there 48 years, who have been there well over 20 years, well over the average career of any average American. And, and they just keep going back. We cannot be surprised that bad things happen and that nothing happens when you keep sending the same people back who haven't served you for decades. And, and this requires the average American, and I, and I said this this morning on the, on the other show, you can't say my guy's good, so I'm going to keep mine, but you've got to get rid of yours. Yeah. It's got to be equal and fair across the board. If you have, a, if you have somebody that you love who represents you, then part of their job needs to be to groom someone to follow in his or her footsteps to be able to continue marching forward with, that, with those colors. That's a, that's a responsibility of being a steward of the Constitution. You need to prepare future generations to understand and to advance the colors of, of what you believe in, to serve the Constitution and the people. You don't just say, well, you know, I had Henry Hyde. When he was alive, I had Henry Hyde. I, I, I never wanted to see him leave Washington, D.C. But even he today, if he were alive, said the only solution is term limits. Mm-hmm. You, you can't have Chuck Schumer. I believe he's 40 oh, years. Uh, and Patrick Leahy, 48 years. Nancy Pelosi, is, I think it's 38 years? No, 138. 138. Yeah. There, there are... <laughs> There are the list of people who have been there over 25 years would just shock you. Well, that's why we have the gridlock we have. That's why political parties are in control, because they keep sending back the same people who know how to game the system to their own advantage Mm -hmm. and the advantage of the people that put them into office off the backs of the taxpayers while bribing those who don't pay into the tax base for their votes. That's not government. That's politics. So term limits. Get on over to Convention of States Action and read about what they're doing. Educate yourself on what they're doing. Don't listen to what other people are saying about it. Don't don't just read threads on Facebook and Twitter and, and, and decide on that. Go to the source and find out for yourself. And then make your own decision. You may not want to get behind it. It's up to you. But be educated in your decision. Conventionofstates.com. Go over there and read about it. The next one is a big is a big deal. And it's not something that a lot of people talk about. We need to start demanding that Congress it, it confine itself to standalone legislation. When I originally am from Illinois. And during the 80s, we had an excellent state senator who became the Senate president by the name of James Page Phillip. And when he was in control of that chamber, he mandated standalone legislation. That means one subject, one bill, you're on the record for your yay or nay vote. Lo and behold, we had a balanced budget in Illinois. 
and government was slowed down so that you just can't pass things in the shadows. It was all in broad daylight, so people didn't dare tuck pork in or pass BS legislation that was allowing the government to interfere in your life. Everything was on the books. And if it can work in a state like Illinois, (laughs) it can work at the federal level. So we need to explore and start talking openly and loudly about mandating standalone legislation in, in both chambers of the U.S. Congress. And I'll tell you something real quick, Frank. You know, talking about uh, the pork items that they add on and everything, uh, it's very frequently when you hear, okay, we've got this new bill, we're going to vote on it Friday, this is Thursday, and the bill is uh, 1,855 pages long. Sometimes it's like 2,000. You know, that's because they've added all this other stuff on it. So that's another way not to get people to read the bill. All right? It's like, I'm not going to do that much homework. One bill, one subject. Yes. Imagine this. If you had one bill, one subject in standalone legislation, Uh you'd be able to read what what the literal bill is, and then maybe you'd have about 20 or 25 people of research... So the elected official would be able to vote on it with with intellect instead of emotion. Imagine that. Yeah. Now you protest. You're out of line. You're out of line. You're out of line. No. Hush. I told you to shut up. Hush. Okay. The standalone legislation thing puts people on record. Uh-huh. You know, today, today an elected official could say, well, I had, to, I had to vote for the defense appropriation bill because it funds the military. I couldn't vote against that. What are you, insane? Right. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't want to vote for the yeah. two hundred billion dollars for turtle tunnels in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, but they very good. They into that bill. You, you know, know, it's funny. So, I was going to say you can't shoot rabbits crossing the road, and you came up with the turtles. Perfect. Thank you. Great yeah, minds so you, think alike. Yes. Oh, yes. So if we had standalone legislation, you don't yeah. get that kind of ridiculous tuck, ridiculousness tucked into bills. And if somebody wants to bring a bill forward for $200 billion for turtle tunnels in San Francisco, now everybody's on record. Did you just spend that? Did you just vote for that? I'm not voting for you again. Now you have to stand on each and every vote on the merits. And I think we, we have, we're so far away from that that this is a big part of the problem that we have, are, are tucking this stuff into other bills in order to persuade and manipulate. Yeah. Now, and the last thing that we have to institute is nullification. Our state governors need to exploit the precedent that has been set by other states that call themselves sanctuary states and say, if they can nullify federal law on matters like immigration, then we can nullify laws that say that we have to follow unconstitutional mandates laid out for people through executive branch edicts and unconstitutionally crafted law. If nullification is okay for an issue like immigration, and right Mm -hmm. now if you talk to the mayor of Washington, D.C. or the mayor of New York, they're starting to understand what Texas has been going through and what Arizona has been going through ever since the the, the Biden administration came to power. And, And they're complaining about it. You have the mayor of Washington, D.C., wanting the National Guard deployed because there's too many illegals being delivered to her doorstep. 
and and New York's mayor says that it's yeah. it's un- unthinkable and, that you're sending these illegals to my city. Yeah. New York really? declared unsanctuary sanctuary city. New York, and now yeah. we're, what are you guys doing here? And you ladies, and you little boys, and you little girls. Oh. Yes. Well, you you don't like it, do you? Well, imagine living in a border, in a border town in Texas. This is the selfishness of politics that is being displayed mm-hmm. here. Either that or the ignorance of politics. Oh, we never we never knew it was this bad. Well, then you haven't been paying attention, and you shouldn't be in office because your job is to know about these things. So well, no one ever brought it up, you know, during the golf games. Yes, yeah. or, <laughs> that or, might or be the only the place they uh, they talk about politics. You know, maybe yeah. or or, or during the say? ten thousand or during the ten thousand dollar a plate uh, the rubber chicken dinners. Yeah, yeah. You know, but nullification. It's something that the state governors can do. They need to get with their state legislatures and craft legislation that allows them to do it. That says we're not we're not going to do this. We're going. We're passing a law in Washington that says assault assault rifles are now banned for everybody. Well, <laughs> I'd like to see DeSantis in Florida go. Well, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, and we're nullifying that federal law here in the state of Florida. If, if you've got a problem with it, come after me. All right, and he's hey, been Frank? doing that on a lot, yeah. a lot of different gonna, things. So, yeah, going to take that break, and we're going to come back, and we may discuss. I'll let Frank tell you about a a guy that was in politics. Uh, he was a president, and he warned us about so much of this stuff. I don't know how many people are paying attention. They weren't listening on the radio, though. I know that for a fact, so that is a fact. We'll be right back. It's undergroundusa.com. Hey, this is Judson Carroll of the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. My new book, Growing Your Survival Herb Garden for Preppers, Homesteaders, and Everyone Else, is really for everyone. No matter where you live, whether you're in a homeowners association or you have a nice big farm or even if all you have is a balcony and an apartment, you can grow the herbs you need for your health, for your family's health, and be ready to face any circumstance that comes your way. I make growing herbs easy, practical, and fun, actually. So look for this book. It's on Amazon if you want a print copy, or you can contact me directly for an ebook. Find me at judsoncarroll.com. Thanks, and I know you will enjoy this. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato, host of Underground USA podcast, undergroundusa.com. 40 billion tax credits, clean manufacturing, 30 billion electricity, 30 billion clean energy, 30 billion clean agriculture, 20 billion clean vehicle manufacturing, that's uh, electric cars, and 300 and, no, 235 billion for other energy and climate <laughs> tax credits and spending. Do you think George would have appreciated that? No. I, 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 and I don't think Adams or Jefferson and, or even, even Hamilton would have appreciated the other. Yeah. Uh, you know, back back in those days, they like did the other woman, Frank, you know, the other yeah. woman, <laughs> you, know, open, you that, don't that, need it. That's, okay. o- that's opening up a whole other, a whole can other of words, can of words there. Um, you know, back then they, they did have standalone legislation because we were a smaller country and the federal government knew its place. 
the state houses were where the the majority of the of the power lay in each of the states, because that's the way our country was set up. The federal government was the smaller government that dealt with everything that fell through the cracks. And when Washington was leaving office, remember they wanted him to stay on. They wanted him, and there were some people that were saying that he should be king. And he roundly some of them were hollering term limits, right? No, probably not. Well, you know, (laughs) you never know. A lot of a lot of them, you know, wanted this, and he said, "Absolutely not. We just got finished with a despotic monarchy. We're not going to have that in the United States." So he went home. But in his farewell address, he saw the problem already developing of political parties, and he warned us in no uncertain terms: "Don't get caught up in it. Don't allow them to actually take over government, because it's going to ruin the republic." You know, it's going to destroy the republic. It's going to rip people apart. It's going to make a mockery of e pluribus unum. And he was right. When you when you look at what politics does today, they they divide us up into demographics. They divide us up into special interests. They do it by race. They do it by religion. They do it by gender. They do it by income. They do it by by region. And yep. they, they cobble together these pieces that they've divided everybody up into in order to get their 51% of the vote. But the byproduct of this dividing up of the, of the American people is that we're starting to dislike each other without even knowing one another. And this is where social media has inflamed this. Everybody's in a group. Everybody has a pod of friends, like-minded people. And all they can do is talk about the other people out there that they don't know who are so horrible. We've got to start talking to our neighbors. We've got to start talking to the people that we see. Put the phones and the tablets down and talk to someone. Because the more we talk to each other, the more we actually interact, even if we don't agree on a topic with them, if we can keep a civil tongue and listen just as much as we speak, we learn. And when we learn in talking to other Americans, we realize that we've got more in common with each other than we do in difference. And that is e pluribus unum. Wow. You sound like a pro, you know. Perfect timing. Absolutely fantastic. And I appreciate each and every Monday with Frank Savato, or whenever he gets repeated. Hey, certainly appreciate it, Frank. Look forward to our next visit. Uh, thank you, Mr. Wilder. All right. UndergroundUSA.com. Hey, thank you, Sway. Thank you for listening. And God bless the United. That would be the United States of America. Please like the episode on the platform you're listening to us on, leave a comment if it lets you, and share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our Substack, which comes directly to you, subverting the interference of the internet gatekeepers and social media censors. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> 